Hello and welcome to Trick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell, and in this episode of Chick Flicks, we're talking about the movies Teen Witch and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But first, let's catch up. Mackenzie, what are you into this week? Um, okay, so I had my first friend over at my house. You and Kether don't count because you're like family. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> um, my first new friend, my first new Connecticut friend over, and we watched a movie, and the movie we watched was the final girls oh yeah and fun fact i realized after watching teen witch that the writer the co-writer of the final girls is the little brother from teen witch get out and can i just say he glowed up google him google him i think i saw a picture of him but like google him like with the beard and with his partner because he co-wrote it with his partner Oh my gosh! Very proud of him. He, he, he was a he was a strange looking child. He was horrible in Teen Witch. We'll we'll get into that. But I mean, his kind name, of iconic. But yeah, yes, yeah. But also disgusting. But his <laughs> name is Josh. <laughs> his name is Joshua John Miller, and uh, proud of him. That's amazing. But, um, I have not seen Final Girls, mm-hmm. but um. Remember last time we were talking uh, on the podcast? I mentioned that dance troupe that I liked. Uh, yeah. LA City Municipal Dance Squad. I know that the leader of the dance and the founder of the dance squad um, is in that movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Do you know who she plays? No. <laughs> oh, wait. There's a dance scene. Maybe it's the girl who dances because it's a yeah. really good, like, like funny dance part that was amazing so maybe it was her i hope okay, it's her probably her okay and i'm looking at joshua john miller and he did have a glow up yeah it took a while it takes a while to like find who he is because he looks so different you can like there are a mm-hmm. few pictures where he's older where like you're like he looks the same but then you find more pictures of him older and you're like oh he looks okay. completely different wow and- the actress by the way her name is angela trimber and she is like playing she has like this blonde girl with feathered bangs she's in the yeah. first picture when i click on it oh my yeah. gosh that's her she was so good really oh, yeah amazing. so she's movie- cancer <laughs> oh my god yes she's kind of like this weird follow i have on instagram that Dang. uh she has breast cancer and she has birds she has two pet cockatiels wow yeah sorry go well, on <laughs> no she was great she the movie and it definitely it was flawed but it was super fun and it had some really like awesome moments mm-hmm. i feel like it it had um Thomas Middleditch, the guy from Silicon oh, Valley, him. in it, and he was really funny in it. I feel like they, well, I, he did, they don't use him as much as they yeah could because I feel like the a lot of the humor relies on him and the guy from Workaholics who's looks like a Lego, like <laughs> a Lego. Like, <laughs> yeah, doesn't he look like a Lego? Yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> he has no neck. And you enjoyed it? I did. I did enjoy it. There's one particular part that's like in slow motion that's really good i I like actually like beautiful like i keep thinking about it and there's a song that plays during it that i don't know the song but really loved it i wonder if they have to like pay carol j clover money who coined the final girl term oh my gosh i don't know that would be interesting to look up to or look into yeah yeah the origin we should do like an episode based on final girls yeah that for sure very influential yeah for like not necessarily, not yeah, not this movie necessarily. I'll yeah. do that, but I just the trope of this the trope, yeah. Um, and then I also started watching Barry, 
mm-hmm. with uh bill Hader. is that uh, his name yeah bill Hader. he's so okay. cute he is so cute and he's so funny and i feel like he hasn't like i can't think of one a movie that or like anything that he's been like the guy mm-hmm. in you know he yeah, usually feels man. like a supporting yeah character actor um yeah. but he's so good so and i love dark humor <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it's hitting all the right spots for me. Mm-hmm. And then a little mention to a band that I started listening to like obsessively called Charlie Bliss, Charlie with a Y. And it just scratches that like Sleater Kinney yeah. uh, bikini kill itch that I have mm-hmm. constantly, always. I just can't get enough of that type of music. Um, and I found out that they're going to be in Connecticut and one of my goals this summer is to see more live music and they're the only people that i recognize on the thing in the same week that i became obsessed with them i found them coming to connecticut so well you go gotta go you gotta go also shout out to anyone in connecticut i have an extra ticket and no one to go with so if anyone wants to see them with me come that's so funny <laughs> dm me on instagram we can start promoing this we can do an ad like Ad for friends for, for friends for Mackenzie. <laughs> I have uh, friends. I just don't think any of them would want to go to this. But hey, maybe they'll approach you and be like, "I listen to your podcast." Um, yeah, I'm also into some new music this week. Um, I really love the album Titanic Rising from Wise Blood. Yes, I had to look up how to pronounce this artist's name because it's spelled like Waze like wheeze uh blood but it's wise blood she's amazing she has this really great moody voice uh kind of a little bit of fiona appley and kate bush vibes going on there she has this one song called movies and then like the refrain is like i love movies uh which it seems like it's lyrics that would come from like an andrew wk song but really slowed down and like melodramatic about how much she loves movies uh very good also super into the new big thief album um i recently tweeted that big thief is just have you seen that vine where that guy is making fun of indie girl singer voice yes where he's like i have a banana <laughs> I feel like that's big deep a little but they're so good also i love, love that ja- i know <laughs> oh, they're so, she's amazing it's like i want it <laughs> yeah uh also really love the new japanese breakfast song that came out uh i love japanese breakfast so much i've listened to their album i guess her album um soft sounds from another planet like a bajillion times it is so so fucking good um and then also we're gonna do a chiclet on game of thrones the final season soon but i just wanted to recommend everyone watch gay of thrones um which is everybody's favorite cast member from queer eye jonathan van ness his uh web series where he like talks about the game of thrones episode uh why doing someone's hair and he is so the best part is that he just has the best nicknames for everybody (laughs) like he calls uh cersei's cersei currently has like this weird pixie cut and he called her evil no volume marcia brady or Carol Dang. Brady. Evil no volume Carol Brady, which is the mom. <laughs> True though. <laughs> yeah. So good. And he calls like Grey Worm baby Barack Obama. Um, <laughs> it's so he's so good. He calls like Daenerys is Christina Aguilera. Um, okay. Yeah. Bran is uh Miss Cleo. It's like the psychic. Uh it's just really, really funny. I highly recommend the show. He's so funny. I and should watch it. I do love him. He's amazing. I was actually, not to brag, uh, when the new career I booted up, I was like, that's Jonathan from Gay of Thrones. Wow. Yeah. You're so I on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Am 
excited to talk about these movies. Me too. 1989's Teen Witch follows sweet and nerdy Louise Miller, a regular teenage girl who inherits magical powers on her 16th birthday. With the help of a seer named Madame Serena, Louise learns how to punish her enemies and make her crush Brad fall in love with her. In between inspired dance numbers, Louise becomes the most popular girl in school, but ultimately she learns the real magic is believing in yourself. Oh, man. Um... (laughs) Mackenzie and I are now going to do a live reading, uh, I think to set the tone of this discussion, of a scene from the film Teen Witch. Um, I will be playing the part of Brad, who can be described as Bobo Tom Cruise, or Tom Cruise's other from, or tethered other, like, <laughs> looks so much like Tom Cruise. Uh, I agree. Taller, yeah. And um, Mackenzie will be playing the role of our leading woman, Louise Miller, young teen. <laughs> young teen. <laughs> okay. And, oh, the setting is we are at a school dance. (laughs) Excuse me, I need to talk to you. Can we step outside? Sure, Brad. Boy, look at those stars. Yeah, you know the closest one is four light years away. Did you know if we made a wish on it, it wouldn't come true for eight years? Yeah, that's... I'm sorry. I was just... When I'm nervous, I can't stop talking. What are you nervous about? You know, being this close to you. Sorry. Well, what did you want to talk to me about? Well, can I speak freely to you? Sure, of course. I have a little brother. I know about men. Can I come over to your house tomorrow night? Well, my parents are going to be home. (laughs) That's okay. Huh? I'd like you to help me with my English paper. (laughs) End scene. End scene. (laughs) We did it. (laughs) We did that, I'm going to say, as good as yeah that's robin right. blakely and baby tom cruise Rob, robin blakely blakely robin lively robin lively that's a crazy name robin yeah. blakely her sister is blakely lively blake Blake-ly. lively <laughs> oh god wait okay first of all <laughs> none of these names are real names Okay, so this is Teen Witch. It's um, co-written by a woman named Robin Mencken and starring a 15-year-old girl named Robin Lively, who is the sister of Blake Lively um, and really did not have a career after this, I feel like. No. And in an interview, like recently that she gives about this movie, she's like, this was the best thing I ever made. (laughs) (laughs) And it's her favorite thing too. Oh my God. So I think we watched this movie for the first time together in college. Do you remember that? I think our introduction was Rachel Antonoff, possibly. No. No? I think we we saw that afterwards. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. We can probably go onto Facebook and figure it out. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I think we just saw it and we're interested in it i think it was probably like we saw the name teen witch and we're like wow that's right up our alley sign me up and we watched it with our friends kether and astrid i remember that oh i don't (laughs) (laughs) we did we watched it in someone's room in hoyt um and i can remember like i think we were all going into it thinking like this will be a gem like this will be a Mm -hmm. sweet cheesy 80s movie but I think part of the magic of Teen Witch is how underwhelming it is. Yeah. Like how much you're like, they couldn't have made this any better. Like, Yeah. I was definitely disappointed the first time. I think because I, 
I had high hopes, but I think going into it the second time I knew, I was like, wow, this movie is like horrible. So you could just enjoy it more. I could just enjoy it more. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, so apparently it has a lot of like love for it. Like people love this movie. It flopped. It was a terrible uh, box office failure. It cost 2 million to make and only made $3,000 its opening weekend and $27,000 overall. So like that was a flop. Yeah, I can't believe it. Terrible failure. I was like, what? That's crazy. But then it uh, got into syndication and it was picked into, picked up by, um, what's that uh, network's 31 Nights of Halloween, CW, you know, is it the CW? ABC Family? ABC Family. ABC Family's uh, 31 Nights of Halloween or 13 Nights of Halloween. And so a lot of people grew up watching this movie on TV and I think it was also like an HBO's rotation. So a ton of people have like these really positive memories of it. Um, Mm -hmm. I found this weird fan website where they were like posting questions like FAQ of uh, Teen Witch Mm -hmm. and... (laughs) Do I still have it up? One of them was like, is it true that Teen Witch is being remade with Ashley Tisdale? And the answer was, sadly, yes. <laughs> like, it was like written by like a Teen Witch super fan. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. Wow. If it was to be remade, who would you want to play Louise? Oh, that is an excellent question. My go-to answer for this, and I think she's uh, aged out of this age group, is Haley Steinfeld. Um, oh my God. But, wow. Because I love Haley Steinfeld. What um, about the girl... From it and uh, what's oh, the, the redhead sharp objects? Yeah, what about her? Oh, Sophia something. She would be good too. She's like um, a teenager, right? Also, the, the the girl who played Meg Murphy and um, what's the when the clock time? <laughs> Shit, Ava DuVernay's. Oh, okay. Movie. Yes, clock Storm Reed. Storm Reed. Yeah. What is that movie <laughs> called? A wrinkle, a wrinkle time. in time. <laughs> It's like clock stoppers. It's clock um, stoppers. <laughs> uh, yeah, Stormy would be good too. Uh, mm-hmm. They, uh, they so this movie was basically this is kind of like the most cynical way I think you can like make a movie is that they were the movie Teen Wolf was super successful and so they were like, what can we do to ride on the coattails of Teen Wolf's success? We'll make it for girls. Like we'll call it Teen Witch, which is like literally the origin story for this movie. They were like, yeah. how can we make Teen Wolf for girls? Also, um, Teen Wolf underwhelming as well, especially after the TV series. The sexy TV Teen series. Teen Wolf is so full of, that's another thing that Tumblr did was trick me into thinking that the two <laughs> boys were canon. <laughs> And so I started watching it, and then I was extremely disappointed when <laughs> Tumblr <were> together. <laughs> Yo, the Teen Wolf, the TV series, is steamy. Um, yeah. Uh, so this is no Teen Wolf film or mm, television show. Um, I, I think that what the movie does have going for it is delightful, almost surreal dance and song numbers. I love obviously top that top that is iconic yeah the premise for top that is uh louise's best friend is polly polly uh has a crush on this boy who i it's hard to get a handle on where he stands socially he seems (laughs) to be popular but people are also repulsed by him and he he frequently bursts into rap uh he has a scene where he just names synonyms for a dick like for a little bit uh and he is like hanging out with his bros on the street and Mm -hmm. they are you know as men do when they're together like 
rap battling each other and Polly is like oh god we can't go by them I'm so embarrassed like she's the embarrassed one I thought that was so funny oh my god I know. and so then Louise is like fully equipped with her magical powers and like bewitches Polly to have confidence to rap battle her crush and that's exactly what happens yeah I want to memorize the whole thing I, I want to like do it I want to like you should oh my god that should be another one that we do together. Like, you know, the ex machina dance scene. We're going to do that. Yeah. We should do the top that. <laughs> one, Amazing. Yes, we have to do that. I'm sure a lot of people know top that because they they did like this short film recreation um, with Aaliyah Shawkat as Polly. And it's quite good. Yeah, it is Very good. Faithful to the, the original film and vision. <laughs> Which is just like dorkiness. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if they knew how dorky it was. I think they did know. I we read this oral history, which I'll link to, where it seemed like they were fully aware of what they were making. I mean, I don't think they could have been aware that it was going to lose so much money. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, like, what went wrong marketing wise, or oh, it opened the same week as uh, Field of Dreams and Pet Cemetery. Mm, yeah, so that probably doomed it as well. Um, I also really liked the "I Like Boys" song. You did. I didn't like that one. It was so I, creepy. I liked the most popular girl song and then the first song, which was kind of like the theme song of the movie. What was it called? Yeah. Never Gonna Be? Yeah. Never Gonna Be. Yeah. Never yes. Gonna Be. Yes. Um, this movie starts with, not an exaggeration, a four minute long introduction where Louise is just like twirling around making out with Brad for four minutes I know it's very long it's so long like I kept looking up and I was like oh my god we um read this sort of funny uh contemporary review by (laughs) a man Chris William Willman Chris Willman and he said Try this at home, kids. Watch a really preachy after-school special, but use the remote to switch channels intermittently, being sure to hit the occasional MTV rap video, a bewitched rerun or two, and plenty of commercials in which pretty young people hold brand names up to the camera. And you know, the music video thing, I don't disagree with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. It's it is, really, it like, choppy. It it sort of just, like, drops everything that's happening and just, like, plops in <laughs> a, a I, music video. <laughs> It's almost silly to imagine how Teen Witch could be better, but I would love to see a movie like this where teenagers are so apt to kind of like imagine themselves in like dramatic settings that are like very externalized versions of like what they're feeling inside, kind of like a song and dance number. Mm -hmm. That would be cool if like Louise's powers manifested as like people around her like broke out into song, you know, like everything Mm. was like a, like a weird fantasy where kind of like in, and we'll get to this, like the Buffy episode once more with feeling where they have a demon cast a spell on everyone where they sing their emotions. Um, do you remember that one? No, I'm sorry. It's, it's I should good. rewatch it. You should. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this movie, it just, it's funny because you're like, what do I want from this old movie made for teenagers in the late eighties? And it's like, I do want more from it. <laughs> but, <laughs> But at the same time, it's like, it does not have more to give me. It is. <laughs> I think, I guess I just want more of like Sabrina vibes. Yes. Like if it had a touch of Sabrina sprinkled in there and I'm, I'm talking about. There's not about, enough magic. Yeah. There's not enough magic. It's like. There's not enough origin story. Yeah. I, more origin story. More like mm. 
ha- more uh what's the movie with Sandra Bullock? Oh, Practical Magic. More practical. Which we have to do literally more practical magic in this movie would make it better. I think I was hoping for that when I first saw yes. it. Yes, yes. Like she find out finds out that she's a witch and that she gets her powers on the six, her sixteenth birthday because she kind of runs into her neighbor who's named Madame Serena Alcott. Uh, and Madame Serena is really cool, and they could have done a lot more with her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's kind of a bad influence at times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Louise is like uses her magic pretty much. For I was saying to my boyfriend Tim, like, wow, Louise has um, like a lot of enemies that she can punish with her newfound magical skills. And I was like, well, she was a teenage girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, she like punishes a teacher who makes fun of her. That teacher is um, a dick. He deserves the it. Teacher is a dick. Like, yeah, one hundred percent. And she also goes on a date with this like gross handsy guy and literally just disappears him forever. <laughs> we can we only can assume it's forever. Yeah, she vanishes him. <laughs> um, and then she also gets her crush brad to fall in love with her against his will Mm -hmm. they literally say love slave they say the words love slave uh, which was probably okay in the 80s but not now yeah not today um did remind me the non-consensual nature of their relationship did remind me of a more recent film which received a lot of negative attention Mm -hmm. for its non-consensual relationship sierra burgess is a loser did I you? did not see that movie. Oh my How god! Is it non-consensual. Can you just give me a quick? Yes, rundown? she catfishes him. That's it. That's it. That's the she catfishes. Oh, not cool. Him. It's but horrible. Does he accept her at the end? Yeah, but she doesn't deserve him. That's not fair. I Don't would. Lie. I would uh, watch it if just for Noah Centineo because he plays basically Peter Kaminsky. The same thing. I'm here for that. Have you watched his new other new one? Yes, I did. And this was your Noah Centineo interlude. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't as good. I mean, because he, he, he's a dick in it. It's set in Connecticut, the newest one. The per, What's okay. it called? Representation. The Perfect Day. Uh, yeah. I did, Connecticut uh, Representation. I did Instagram about it on the story that I was watching it. But um, he does play a dick. He's like, he has no special skills at all. And he's like, I got to get into Yale. And I'm like, okay. Well, that's your first you sound like problem. Napoleon Dynamite. He has no special skills. <laughs> Is that? Did he say that? I don't know. Well, he doesn't. doesn't. Napoleon Dynamite. Say I don't know. I've only seen it once, in like whenever it came out. So I was like in fifth grade. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> This episode is rough and tumble, just like the movies that we're talking about. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <sighs> um about the weird non-consensual uh this is by uh mara eakin and she points out basically what we just said which is that there are obvious consent issues in louise and brad's relationship madame serena repeatedly pushes louise to turn brad into her quote love slave even using louise's magic to turn a frog into a hunky young paramour for herself which like sister's gotta do what she's gotta do uh, when Louise expresses her hesitance, Serena asks, why does it matter? And while that may have been charming in 1890... <laughs> 1989, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what happened is I was that quote, and there's this huge thunderstorm going on, and, like a huge I heard it. Happened. I know. I was like, I was like oh, wow. Sh- you know, oh, I sh- think the last time we got some... Mm-hmm ambient noise from your side too it was the birds chirping oh very nice it was nice it is very creepy and also you don't fully get the sense that um brad does love her for who she is because they kind of like rush the ending so much Mm -hmm. um where they have like a 
a dance off or not a dance off. They're just dancing together at the, well, both of these movies end with a dance. Um, it's a teen movie. It's the, it's the culmination of teen life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she takes off her magical like amulet and he still wants to dance with her. So he's probably just turned on by how hot she is at that point. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Like the magic has already been worked. It's not like, and also she doesn't have that much character to her. No. And it's funny because Madame Serena does say to her, like, what is love other than just like the right hair and the right clothes and the right mm-hmm. setting? And it's not a great message. Um, I mean, none of Louise, none of, exactly, none of Louise's character is like particularly inspiring. Um, she just wants to be popular. And she never like is good, like makes up with her friend, right? Yeah. Do they make up? Because uh, she's a dick to Polly. Poppy? Polly. Polly. <clears throat> She's really rude to Polly. Yeah, because it's like the classic. They be- she becomes popular and lo- leaves her best friend behind. Yeah. Thing. I don't remember them making up. Well, that sucks. Wow. She. I wish her. I wish she was stronger and better at magic. <laughs> had more skills, in other words. Um, <laughs> had 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 more motivation out of being a popular girl or. I wish that she had more quickly realized that popularity wasn't everything and there was more of a third act where she righted yeah. her her affairs and it was good to her friend and helped her mm-hmm. with magic or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think that would have helped this movie a lot. I also think that even as a high school student, I can't, I don't think that my first like wish would be to make the boy I had a crush on my love slave. It's way too much pressure. I, I wouldn't know what to do with a love yeah, slave. Yeah, same. <laughs> I feel like I would, would not be mature enough for that. I agreed. Not about you, but about myself. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention Louise's younger brother, who is played by uh, Joshua Joshua John Miller. Um, as Mackenzie mentioned earlier, he wrote the movie the final girls and his line readings in this film are so strange and delightful he he's just like he just puts emphasis on things in such a strange way um like at louise's birthday party he turns to her and he says you can like imagine him with like a long cigarette he's like yeah nobody's coming to your birthday party <laughs> louise it's so weird i i love that when uh robin in her more recent interview that i mentioned before she Mm. did say that like one of her favorite scenes was the part where she turns him into a dog and then puts him in a bath to reverse the spell and she said that she like couldn't stop laughing and you could tell in the movie she's like (laughs) it is cute to think that she was like 15 when she made this like an actual teenager yeah uh i read one kind of weird thing where her parents were like super gung-ho about her getting this part and like the mother lively was like i will like bankroll her costuming and her wardrobe and her hair and the directors were like oh we have you know we have to work around uh like child labor laws so she can only work a few hours a day and her mom was like we were thinking of emancipating her anyway so that's fine oh my god yeah i was like that's kind of weird there's a story there um well i did in that interview too robin was like my mom created the whole she kind of credited, gave her mom a lot of credit for the costuming of the movie and sort of shaping Louise's character. And on one uh-huh. hand, I thought that it's cool that her mom was so involved with the costuming and like, ma- yeah. like making it almost like this like 
family affair. Or or just like it's like a creative expression and I thought that was yeah. cool. But on the other hand, it's like when she said shaping Louise, I was like, oh, that was weird to me. Uh, do you, yeah, that's do a little you, weird. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they were going to emancipate their kids so she could have like a career, which yeah. is kind of weird. That's weird. <laughs> oh, and I think we should also mention that Madame uh, Serena Alcott is played by Zelda Rubenstein, who, if you look her up, has a very cool and interesting history. She's most mm-hmm. famous for playing the medium in Poltergeist, but mm-hmm. she was in a ton of movies in the 80s, did a ton of voiceover work, and was a really cool AIDS activist um, mm-hmm. as well. And she said that her career kind of suffered for it because she got so involved and kind of like became wow. the face of like these different um, PSAs and stuff. So really mm-hmm. cool lady and also an advocate for little people's rights and representation. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, really cool. I loved her performance. Yeah, me too. I only could find one. I'm sorry. I could only find three one-star reviews on IMDb, which I think confirms that people like the people who watch this movie, like love it already, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is one of them. Uh, no part of this movie is anything like real life. No teenagers acted like this. When Rhonda was having a party the same night as Louise, were we to believe that all the people who were going to Rhonda's party would have supposedly gone to Louise's party? Why did it matter? The popular people weren't friends with her. That's real life, but not in this movie. Anyway, did, wait, they missed oh, it. this is a ty- this is a typo. Um, anyway, did the Millers live in a huge house, but made her wear flower sacks and dowdy sweater vests to school? Was it their religion or something to have to wear ugly sacks as a teen? <laughs> Poor Blake Lively's mother dragged. <laughs> <laughs> This IMDb commenter is coming for Mrs. Lively. You know, I watched this movie before I watched Buffy, and you had texted me mm-hmm. prior to me watching either that the fashion was better in Buffy than in Teen Witch. And I was watching Teen Witch, and I was like, you know, there's a lot of this stuff that I'd wear. It's nice. Interesting. I and thought- then I watched mm-hmm. Buffy. I mean, there was a lot of really horrible stuff, too. Yeah. But I felt like elements of it Sure, were sure, good. sure. But then I watched Buffy and I was like, wow, literally every outfit. Amazing, <laughs> right? Amazing. All of Buffy's yes. outfits are great. So what is your final thoughts and ratings on Teen Witch? Um, I love all, I love most of the dance and song numbers. Mm-hmm. This movie is hilarious. I laughed a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> This might be our lowest rated movie ever, I feel like. I will rate it A. Four. Is Ooh. that the same thing I same I rated nine? No, three and a half, three and a half. Three. three. I, I'm gonna give it a three two and not just because you said a three, but like a three with love. You know, like a three, but like loving yeah. it and seeing it for what it is, you know, like looking yeah. at it totally and just a yeah. three. Like a three with me almost rating it a four. Yeah, Think of a that. three and like it's like it should be proud of having a three. Like it is yeah. a three that should be worn with pride. It's like when you try really hard and you still get a C on a paper, you know, and you're like, well, mm-hmm. I tried really hard. I couldn't do anything else. But not that they <laughs> yeah. even tried that hard. A three with love for everyone involved and for yeah. trying to make a cute movie about girls. Yeah. And and it's kind of found, I feel like, a second life in the nostalgia of this Mm-hmm. Era, I guess you could say. Do I, you feel that way? Yes, I do for sure, and I would love to see a remake that's better. Yeah, oh my god, same. Wow. 
So much potential. So much potential. Okay, so our next movie is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 1992's Buffy the Vampire Slayer was the world's first introduction to a plucky blonde with a proclivity for staking vampires. When we meet her, Buffy is a popular cheerleader with a cute boyfriend and cuter clothes, but then her life is upended. She is approached by a mysterious man named Merrick, who informs her that she is the Slayer, a regularly reincarnated warrior destined to kill vampires. Buffy must face off against Lothos, a local vampire king, all by getting ready for the big senior dance. Um, I can't believe this was our first time watching this movie. I know. I'm very surprised because uh, I'm a huge mm-hmm. BTVS TV show fan. Mm-hmm. Um, love Buffy the TV show, even though there are plenty of things you could say about Buffy that are kind of like fucked up and strange too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for what it is and for the time it came out, it's an amazing show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was surprised that we hadn't seen this movie because it did kick off the phenomena, even though mm-hmm. Joss Whedon is like, this movie is not canon. This movie has nothing to do with the TV show. Um, yeah. I think that's probably what prevented me from watching it for a long time was that it got so much hate, mm-hmm. but I loved it. Yeah, so. I think if you haven't seen the TV show slash you should like try as hard as you can to just divorce this totally from the tv show and Mm -hmm. when you're not comparing the two this is like a really fun like good great movie from you know Mm -hmm. the early 90s um Mm -hmm. i think it only stacks up poorly when you're comparing it against the tv show yeah yeah and it's directed by a woman my friend ruble kuzi um who seems really awesome uh, as is the story quite often with women in Hollywood, this is like one of the last things that she really did in her career. Um, she produced some episodes of Angel and she is attached to the reboot of Buffy. Um, and she did one movie prior to this called Tokyo Pop, which let me read you the description of this because I think it sounds amazing. Um, it's from 1988. The description on IMDb is young female rock singer is not appreciated by her band gets postcard from Japan saying, wish you were here, takes what little money she has, including her ex-boyfriend's rent and goes to Japan. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Doesn't that sound awesome? Uh, she has numerous cross-cultural adventures and ends up singing with a Japanese rock group looking for a gimmick. They get their 15 minutes of fame and our hero realizes she has no future there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It sounds good. I mean, I would watch that movie. Also probably depressing. Yeah, probably a little. A little? A little depressing, but yeah. yeah. So friend Ruble uh, Kuzi uh, didn't really get to do much after this, which sucks because this is like a perfectly proficient movie, you know? Yeah. Um, God, that just sucks so much. Uh, yeah, that does but suck. But you read this kind of interesting interview with her where... Um, the interviewer was asking her about her experience as like a female director and she was saying that we've made tremendous progress this is a quote and she prefers to dwell on all the positive aspects of that particularly if you put the total together the grosses of films put together by women um and find the average gross domestic gross of films made by women and compare it to the average gross of films made by men we probably gross more than men because there were so few of us but i know that statistically that is still true that like women directed movies on average direct more than men um i mean sorry that make more money than men um so i thought that was interesting that she was saying that all the way back then too in the 90s yeah that's all i didn't even know that that's amazing yeah um makes sense it does make sense and i'm sure someone could say oh it's just because there's fewer women you know there's less like outliers dragging them down but um yeah that sucks so much um so what did you think of christy swanson as buffy in this adaptation of the story i thought she was great 
I thought she I was great her. too. She's yeah. She definitely plays it a little more, a little more of an airhead and like a little more sassy, I guess, than Sarah mm-hmm. Michelle Gellar. Mm-hmm. Um, but really good. I that's so pretty. Um, uh, holy crap! I know her hair She's is amazing gorgeous. in this movie. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people including Joss Whedon thought she was too much of a valley girl mm-hmm. and thought that her character the movie didn't allow enough time for her to like mature or didn't show her Mature, like yeah. maturing mm-hmm. didn't give her enough time to but and I don't know if maybe because I watched the show first I felt like she did. I don't know. I felt like she had enough it, time. I mean, like, it's just one, one and a half hour movie. Uh, she's yeah. not going to get the same arc that she's going to get in a TV show. I was right. interested in, in reading like Josh Whedon's problem with the movie. I read one mm-hmm. interview with him where he kept referring to Fran as the director, like never said her name, which really struck me as something like very strange. Like either you don't remember her name or you're just like purposely not saying it, but he kept calling her the director. He was like, I respect her vision, but you know, like wasn't mine. And it was really hard for me to be around. Um, And from other interviews I've gleaned that he was really unhappy with like the tone of the movie, which, cause I think it is like supposed to be, it's like a, like, like a chick flick, you know, it's, it's kind of like light and um, bubbly and Mm -hmm. uh, it kind of bugged me that that was what, the bone he had to pick um yeah. that it wasn't like serious enough because i'm like it's mm-hmm. your story your story at the root of it is still not like a serious story you know yeah it's- and it's weird because um well okay so i feel that like it, it's weird that he has such a problem with it and is like this is so uh not what he envisioned because for me at least the character arc if this was considered like a prequel to the show Mm -hmm. it tracks like perfectly for me like she is a valley girl Mm -hmm. and then she matures and then she goes to a new school yeah like because at the beginning of the tv show buffy buffy is like oh i used to be like a cheerleader and she blew up her her old high school yeah, and she had like a like a different past, and yeah. now she was like changed and more mature. So I feel like it tracks perfectly. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to think of it that way. Where like when we meet Buffy in the TV show, she's like her or like it's not her origin story. It's like she's already kind of established as the Slayer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And um, if the the hardest thing to divorce myself in this movie from the TV show property was when the vampires were staked; they didn't turn to dust. Yeah, it, was, it made it seem silly, like to see them like yeah. dying like that. Where I was like, "Oh, come on!" Like we expect them to be dusted now. It's just like pop culture. Uh, yeah. You stick a vampire with a stake, and they get dusted. Which brings yeah. me to the vampires in this. Which <laughs> one of the things that makes Buffy the TV show so great is they always have the best villains. Like really yeah. campy, exaggerated, mm-hmm. and the movie has Rutger Hauer from Blade Runner mm-hmm. as Lothos and. Mm-hmm. Paul Rubens as his like Igor sidekick and I cannot think of a better combo like I did not know I wanted it till I saw it I know it was incredible they 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 did have good chemistry they are so it's so weird like Rutger Hauer is playing like this weird like vaguely like European old vampire like has this weird floofy haircut plays a violin in one scene like and then Paul Rubens is like like this biker kind of vibe and like really ridiculous and it just works it just works when they were fighting and like bickering i was like i want to watch a whole movie with these guys (laughs) 
<laughs> and then when Paul Rubin's vampire dies, he has he I it must have been like improvised. It he was just like it I think he was. just like did that and so in when he dies, he has this like very prolonged <laughs> Over dramatic death scene, which I just just look it up, like so funny, funny vampire death scene from Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. You'll find it. It's hilarious, and you can see the other actors like sort of reacting to it. They're just like confused and are like, "All right, we're going with it." Oh my god, it's so good! It just, I loved that because it just made me feel like they were just having fun with the movie, and then yeah, I was also Josh yeah. Whedon apparently hated Donald Sutherland because he kept rewriting his lines. Yeah, it's really it's hilarious. Funny. Like he didn't want to say them. But Donald Donald Sutherland plays Merrick, the Watcher, in the movie. Yeah, which is Giles in the show, and although he's no Giles. Yeah, he's no Giles, and Giles is also like part of this sort of brotherhood of watchers he's not like a reincarnated yeah which they kind of imply he is here um yeah i was thinking of christopher lee who plays uh who's a famous actor Mm -hmm. who died a few years ago but apparently he played dracula in one of the early dracula movies and he thought the sequel script was so bad that he didn't say any of the lines he'd just go like oh my god donald sutherland remind me of this movie um but yeah i mean donald sutherland's fine i was thinking about how like um, in both the TV show and the movie, this is a Joss Whedon problem, I guess. Uh, the like genesis of the Slayer is very creepy and fucked up and like misogynistic. Uh, basically, like a coven of like men decide that they're going to make like a super weapon out of a young woman um, and mm-hmm. use her to protect themselves uh, with. And mm-hmm. this is more established in the TV show, but I guess we can talk about it anyway. Like, no Slayer like really lives past sixteen. Like Buffy becomes yeah. like the oldest one. Um, Ugh, my god! It's just very weird. It just smacks of weird creepiness to have all these like old men imbuing power into this young woman to use her like that. Yeah, uh, and, and it kind of comes yeah. across a little that way too. Like in this, like Merrick is like you are so like vapid and stupid and blah mm-hmm. blah blah. You know. Um, how did you like Pike, played by the late Luke Perry? That's another reason why I'm surprised that. Joss Whedon has a problem such a big problem with this movie because it's like Pike is like a combination of so many characters he's like from the show. Spike and Xander and Angel and I Angel feel. yeah all of them Angel. yeah it, all of them combined and he looks like Spike he looks so he looks like his baby it's brother so, yeah it's so funny they just like added a letter <laughs> <laughs> I know that's knocked over my mic again i'm killing mackenzie i can't hold still um yeah and i it's funny at the very beginning of the film like buffy has like a jock boyfriend and she seems outwardly like very disgusted by pike but you as the viewer are like silly buffy pike is the hot one that's luke perry <laughs> yeah you're gonna end and up- after watching like and after watching the show you're like buffy that's your type you just don't know yeah it. that's your like- type buffy. what are you doing with that jock um <laughs> yeah i thought he was really good and uh we read this like cute little article um by shannon miller in IndieWire, where she said uh luke perry in buffy the vampire slayer helped redefine the male love interest 
Um, she said, as the romantic interest for Buffy, Perry's character rewrites romantic comedy history as the male lead who's not the film's lead, a man who changes himself to better serve his beloved and doesn't feel threatened by her strength. When we first meet him, Pike is drunk, broke, and bumming around Los Angeles with his best friend, Benny. Then he sees cheerleader turned slayer of Buffy, laying waste to the vampires, and commits himself to aiding her quest. He even shaves. Um, and she also goes on to point out, unlike many female action leads, Buffy isn't a trauma victim or on a revenge quest. She's fighting vampires because that's her ancient calling. These abilities don't emasculate Pike. In fact, they inspire him to support her fight. Pike wasn't, Pike wasn't a supposed, quote, nice guy who represents, who resents the female's hero's power, not to subtweet Xander Harris, but he likes her because of her strength, not in spite of it. He might show up in a bad boy leather jacket to the school dance and he lends it to her just before he goes to slay the bad guys. But I will say, um... And a counterpoint to that, there's also this Vice article that says um, that Buffy, one of the film's biggest problems is the failure to make the heroine a relatable character. It's clear that viewers are supposed to identify with Pike, the outsider who sees right through Henry High School's social structure, and it's secure enough in his masculinity to handle a girlfriend who can break him in two. Um, the movie assumes its audience is male and supports female teenage, a familiar teenage boy fantasy where the misfit dude ends up with a hot cheerleader. This isn't a crime, but it's a pretty tired movie plot. What do you think between those two stances? Uh, I mean, it's probably like, I could definitely see the vice stance where it's like, uh, you're, you're, I don't think you're necessarily supposed to relate to Pike. Uh I mean, at least I didn't. That's not like, I, I'm not going to watch us and be like. That's me. Ah, uh, yes, Pike. That's that's me. I identify yeah. with him. <laughs> but I am gonna look at Buffy and be like, "Wow, I like shopping. <laughs> I like hanging out with friends." Yeah. yeah, it's. I think it's also like part of it being written by Joss Whedon, um, who many people kind of think that Xander in the TV show is like his author avatar, and Xander Ooh. has some fucked up behavior. And Xander ideas. is so stupid. I hate Xander. I hate Xander so much. Like I recently tried rewatching the show, and Xander is like the ultimate big bad. Like Xander is like the yes. fall is coming from inside the house. Xander is <laughs> the worst. Uh, he like He's horrible. He like sex shames Buffy constantly. Mm-hmm. Yep. He is like downright like sexually inappropriate with her at the beginning all the time. Yeah. He mm-hmm. tries to he shames her when she breaks up with her abusive boyfriend and is like you didn't mm-hmm. deserve him. He's terrible. Yep. He's the worst. Yeah. I hate him. Why well, I don't understand. That would never fly in <laughs> real life. Like they would <laughs> never be friends with that loser. That's so it's true. It's only because it, it they like pity him because he he's no, childhood he's no friends with Willow. Yeah. It is it is kind of an I'm sure again that this isn't Josh Whedon's like intention, but like the the threesome is Willow, Buffy, and Xander, and like Willow and Buffy Buffy like come into their own so powerfully. Like Willow mm-hmm. becomes like kind of like almost more powerful than Buffy too. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Xander's always like the regular guy who can't yeah. kind of um stand to be lesser to these two women, so he has to mm-hmm. be terrible all the time. <laughs> God, I hate Xander. Thankfully, there's no Xander character, really, in this show. I yeah. feel like... Maybe the best friend of Pike was kind of like that. Uh, yeah, he did even look like him a little bit. Yeah, he does. Um, I I wish we could have had a, a Willow-ish character. The Me group too. of her friends kind of suck. They're not yeah. enlightened very much, so... Uh, yeah. Even if they are funny. And good com- yeah, I did love all the Val speak... Like bogus corn. Bogus corn? I thought they were saying porn. And I was like, I'm so confused. (laughs) I I just love hearing it. Like, I think it's... It's It's like Shakespeare. 
It's funny and charming. It is like Shakespeare. <laughs> Let's say it. No, I'll take I, that. No, I'll take that I stand. With you. I agree with you. That's my take. <laughs> um, it is. I'm sure, you know, it's just as advanced. I was going to say, I mean, just like reiterating that one of the things that I think this movie does sort of lack at the end is the her like getting like strengthening female her female relationships which Mm -hmm. i feel like is part of the reason the show buffy is so good is because of her friendship with willow that's so true and her sister and and her mom you know yeah yeah so i feel like this in this way the the movie definitely misses that mark for sure Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's because she's like a valley girl no not at all um and I saw your note, you know, about, like, loving Cordelia in the TV show. Um, But I I think that I love Cordelia's character because I think she shows that you can, like, be, like, a, like, quote-unquote, like, girly girl and still, like, be Mm -hmm. smart and, like, add value to your friend group and Mm -hmm. their efforts to kill demons. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I love Cordelia. Cordelia's done so dirty by his hand. I know. I know. What the fuck? That's another thing. Cordelia is so much better than Xander. It's so Ugh. insane. Huh. <sighs> I hate Xander. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> who is your favorite Buffy TV show boyfriend? Angel, Spike, or Riley? You're going to say Riley, aren't you? <laughs> There's only one right answer. Okay. So, honestly, uh, Riley in like the very beginning when they meet. Okay, I can Riley. see that. They do have very cute. But then ultimately Spike at the very, very end. Yeah, like, like like that scene where Riley and her discover each other having powers, you know, like they're it's yeah. silent. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> it's <laughs> the don't. episode where no one can speak and they're they're okay. he doesn't know that she's the slayer and he she doesn't know that he's like in weird military, demon military or whatever. Yeah. And so they're they're in this house that the demons have attacked and they're both like walking around fighting demons and they just turn around and see each other, but they can't speak and they're like <gasps> Oh my god. It's pretty cute. Yeah. It's wow. a good me cute. It's also like the hottest they have the most chemistry i feel like yeah definitely the spike i feel like this and it's i don't know the spike buffy thing is always so complicated for me i feel like because because he tries to rape he, her at the end yeah well he's creepy toward her for the yeah. like all, most of the show that's true and he does literally try and rape her at the end so it's like it's so hard to contend to yeah square but that. but if you were to ask me are you angel or spike i would say spike Angel Hands sucks down. too. I mean, Angel she doesn't. Sucks. She doesn't have a lot of great options. She's still only a teenager. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she should go out yeah. and meet some more men. <laughs> for real, well, yeah. the the comics have her dating uh, women for a while. Maybe she still is. Yeah, uh, already a step up from all those losers, <laughs> all those guys, right? I think she dates another Slayer. Um, oh my god! Wow, you should read the comics. I should read the comics. <laughs> That's all you had to say. Yep. Our favorite line from the movie is at the end she's dancing with pike and he says you're not like other girls and she says yes i am which i feel like is the thesis of all of buffy yes do you feel that way no i do and i was like wanting that to be the answer and i was so like happily like pleased when she said it you know yes Um, me too and yet again another reason why i'm like confused why josh even thought this didn't hit the mark because that's like literally the point of the yeah. end. The end of bu- the show, Buffy, uh-huh. is with the Slayer power 
Yeah. If you haven't watched Buffy, just do what are you doing? Watch. Yeah, <laughs> the Slayer power gets dispersed among like all girls, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, you're not like other girls. Yes, I am, because all girls are magical and powerful. Yes, exactly. And it's, it reminded me also similar vibes of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. At the end, have you yeah, seen? Yeah, yes, you I saw. did. When he's like. Everyone, everybody can be Spider-Man. It's like everybody can be a Slayer. Well, it's so true. All girls. All girls. <laughs> and yes, all true. Um, yeah, that's so sweet. I also loved when they're uh, when they're dancing, and he's like, "She's like, do you want to lead?" And he says, "No," and she says, "Me neither." Uh, <laughs> it's just cute. Um, yeah, and it's the mark of a good leader, not wanting to lead. Cough, John Snow. Cough. <laughs> Oh, we'll get back to that. <laughs> Wait, do you mean you're pro Jon Snow? I don't I'm I'm anti everyone. everyone. <laughs> Me too. I was I said I I'm text, only I pro Arya. Yeah, I texted Jenny. I was like, I don't want to vote for Jon Snow or Danny. Is there a third party candidate for yeah. a libertarian party? I honestly I don't see myself represented in these Westerosi candidates. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I need I honestly Sansa probably. Oh, I loved also the end of Buffy where they play there's a really funny joke where <laughs> um they're it's at the credits and they're interviewing it's like the newscast oh, is yeah. interviewing the people and one of the high school students they're interviewing them about the vampires attacking the school dance mm -hmm. and one of the students is like it was crazy they were like wild and out there and like kind of stupid and like I, I didn't know what was going on maybe they were young republicans I don't know oh, yeah I was, like, <laughs> I was like that's our brand right there yeah that's so true these vampires are young republicans I love it <laughs> chef's kiss I'm gonna go ahead and rate this a five a five but with love again a five okay a lo loving five loving five okay not, not mm -hmm. a disparaging five five and would rewatch you know yeah oh yeah five and the rewatch um, factor is high i w am gonna rate it a so i'm gonna have to rate this higher than the virgin suicide so i'm gonna rate this a six and a half i feel like because i liked it more there's you don't have to apologize for that the i just i'm gonna make a shirt inspired by one of buffy's sweaters that has like the spongebob flowers on the boobs yes i love Do it you know what i'm talking about follow mackenzie's instagram stitch island stitch <laughs> underscore island where she does amazing art wow thanks bridget love you love you okay guys and we love you uh it would really help us out if you left us a review on apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts you can follow us on instagram and twitter at chick flicks pod and email us at chick podcast at gmail.com our next episode will air on may 27th and we'll be discussing two films about very pleasant people gone girl and american psycho and we're going to have a chiclet episode about game of thrones out on may 23rd yeah about the finale which I'm wait sure we'll or have... 22nd may yeah. 22nd we'll have many thoughts about it <laughs> yeah uh chick flicks is researched and written by bridget hovell and edited by mackenzie chapman many thanks to tim reed carlson for our music and thank you for listening to chick flicks bye, bye.